Overflow podcast. We pray that you are encouraged with this message. For more information, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Hey, we have started this series uh, about, we're actually in the fourth week of it this week, called The Journey. And we're talking about discovering the will of God and experiencing the will of God. And I think so many times we think of the will of God as some this far off thing, right? It's like in the future, one day I'll be doing the will of God. I'll be living the will of God. God has this this plan and I don't I can't really understand it. It's kind of vague and 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 so we ask questions like what what's God's will for my life? And I I've talked about that a little bit how when I was 18 years old that that became the, the dominant question of my mind, Lord, what is your will for my life? And, I, and every day I pray the prayer that Jesus told us to pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want the will of God to rule and reign in my life. And, and so we, we look at it in many things. So what we're doing is we're talking about the will of God as being a journey, that God has planned out this incredible journey for us, and, he, and, and, and it's mapped out for us, it's laid out for us, he has it all figured out, he knows the details, and as we live our lives, this journey is unfolding. So Hebrews chapter 13, this is uh, one of our texts for the series. May the God of peace, verse 20, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, may he equip you with everything good for doing his will. So how many know that God didn't just provide a will for you? He actually equipped you to do it. And he may work in us what is pleasing to him. Uh-oh. I mean, so sometimes, sometimes what pleases me doesn't please the Lord, right? But he wants us to fulfill this work and please him through Jesus Christ, through whom glory forever and ever. So the journey, what we've been talking about, is less about God's plan for my life, which we want to ask that question, but it's less about that, and it's more about my life for God's plan. That whenever I make my life about God's plan, God's plan automatically happens in my life. Does that make sense? And so many times we're just like, well, how, how can I fit Jesus in? How can I kind of work Jesus into my life? And God's saying, well, if you would just make me your life and you'd make my purposes your purposes, then my will will unfold in your life. Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's workmanship. We are God's, in the Greek, creative masterpiece. That you are God's masterpiece. You're, you're the, if, if, it was, if it was all about you, then you were the best thing that God ever created. Now, I'm the best thing God ever created, and you're the best thing God ever created. Because God, when God made you, he broke the mold. There's no one like you. There's never been anyone exactly like you. There'll never be anyone exactly like you. You are specifically made. You are God's workmanship. Man, when God, how many know when God works, works something, when God builds something, it's, in, it's, it's good. You know what I'm saying? My workmanship, mm, sometimes oh, good, sometimes mm, bad. God's workmanship, mm, always good. Always good. Created in Christ Jesus to what? To do good works. So God created you in good works. He made you good. He made you extravagant. He made you beautiful to do beautiful things. And he prepared those things in advance for us. And so we've been on this series, on this journey 
talking about, first of all, we talked about the map and how God doesn't just give us a journey. He actually gives us a map for that journey, and that map is the Word of God. It tells us what we need to know, what, where the location is. And then last week we talked about this, that God gives us the fuel for the journey, right? It's like God gives us the substance, the calling uh, that we need to fulfill what he has destined for us. Now, the thing is, and, and we hit on this just a moment ago, is you've never done this before, right? You've never done this before. In fact, it's never been done before, God's will for your life. For your life, it's never been done before. You're the, you're, you're the first one. You're the prototype. Okay? So check it out. Your destiny is so specific that even though it may look like something somebody else has done, it's tailor-made for you. God tailor-made you for him, right? You're tailor-made for God. The purposes are for God. But you get to get in on it. And that's pleasurable. There's joy in that. Come on. I mean, the, the very fact that God picked you, I'm flattered, Lord, right? Okay, so it's a big deal. So God made you to do what you were called to do in a way that the details are unique. Your journey and your quest is into uncharted waters. So there's no book that you can read to tell you there is a book, but, but there's not like some book that some guy that's done before. You might be able to learn a few things, but I guarantee you that everything is not going to be perfectly laid out for you. And so what we've done is we've, we've learned to rely on the wisdom of man to fulfill God's plan rather than relying on the wisdom of God to fulfill his plan in our life. So we read tons of books, spend a little bit of time in the Word, and just a little bit of time in prayer, and we have all these conferences and conventions that we go to to learn to do what we want to do. And then we're, we're going, God, why, why am I not finding pleasure in this? Why, why am I not being successful? And God's going, because I've designed you in a specific way to do something that's very, very specific. If it's been done before, then I'm done with it. Right? Why do you need to do that again? Let me just say this. God doesn't need another Apostle Paul. He ran his course. You're running yours. And Hebrews 12 tells us that there is a great cloud of witnesses that's cheering you on to do what God's called you to do. Now, wouldn't it be nice if we're going into uncharted waters, a place that we've never done, been before, wouldn't it be nice if we didn't just have a map and we didn't just have some fuel? Didn't have, when we talk about fuel, we're talking about food, and you didn't have, like, all that you need. Wouldn't it be nice if there was someone there with you, like a tour guide that was, like, walking alongside of you and saying, hey, let's look at the map together. Here's you some food. Wouldn't it be nice if you had a tour guide to do this journey with you? How many know that God provided for you a tour guide? That you're not just walking around with a map trying to, oh, where's, where's, uh, uh, how many of y'all have ever used a map? You've been out in the wilderness or something, and you're like, okay, well, if I'm here, then I'm here. How many, wouldn't it be nice if someone that knows the way could come alongside of you and say, this is this part right here. Oh, okay. And see, this is this. Oh, like Peter, when he was in the upper room, right? Y'all remember Peter? All this crazy stuff's happened. Acts chapter 2, people were like speaking in tongues, and people are getting saved outside. All this crazy stuff's going on. Everybody's like, what's going on? And Peter goes, oh, yeah. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. What did he have? He had a reference point, but he had the spirit to enlighten him what was happening. Check this out. John chapter 16. When the spirit of truth comes, I love that, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Not a partial truth, 
a little bit of truth, all truth. He will not only speak on his own, he will tell you what he has heard. He will not speak on his own. He will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you more. He will tell you about the future. See, this is going to happen. Look, Josh, you look at you looking at the map. Yeah, yeah. See, this is what's going to happen when we get over there. Right? He will tell you what he has heard. And he will tell you about the future. He will bring glory. Bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So God didn't give you this plan to just live, live a life and have a good, a good Bible map for you to walk around with and have the fuel. He actually put the Spirit of God inside of you or alongside of you to walk with you and say, Listen, you're not on the journey alone. I'm with you on this thing. And so if you will just follow my lead and you'll work with me, you need to use all these other things. So we're going to continue the series next week. All these other things that I'm giving you, all these things fit into God's plan, but you're not alone. You're not like just thrown out, here's a map, here's some food, see ya. What did Jesus say? He said, I'm not going to leave you like orphans. I'm going to send my spirit. John Ford, if you're like really dealing with the, the spirits leading in your life, just camp out in John 14 through 16. Just camp out there. Spend a year in it. Don't even worry. Oh, get to the Bible. It's just right there. Just camp out there for a year. Well, what if I get it memorized? Good. What I found is when I, every time I read the same verse again, I see something different. Something has unfolded to me that I didn't see before. Because what's happening is now the scripture's reading me, right? Okay. So, how does the Holy Spirit guide us? I want, I want to talk about this today. So, how does the Holy Spirit? Like, is this cool, the Holy Spirit? Is it, is it spooky? Is it freaky? Is it, I don't want no Holy Ghost. You know, we used to say that. Everybody used to call the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost. I don't want no ghost in me, right? People are freaking out by that. Just, we've kind of like portrayed the Holy Spirit as something spooky and not very practical. And so, what people have done is they say, well, I'll live without that. And then they're lost in the journey. So this is how the Holy Spirit guides. Number one, by activating the Word of God. Activating the Word of God. So what does that mean? All right, check this out. And, and we listen, we've been talking about the Word of God the whole time, right? This whole series is interesting. That wasn't really the plan. We were planning on talking about that for one week. But here it just keeps coming up, the Word of God. Listen, how many know that you don't study the Bible to know the Bible, right? Not just so you can be a theologian or a philosopher. You study the Bible to know God, to know the author. That's the reason why you study the scriptures. Because the scriptures, listen, the scriptures will not give you life. I know a ton of people that are incredibly smart that know their Bible forward and backwards. And they have none of the plan of God is activated in their life. They got it on her in their brain. You need to have it in your brain. You need to know the word. You need to study the word. You need to have philosophy down in your brain. You need that. But that doesn't give you life. No, no, no. The scriptures alone don't give you life. Look, look at this. John 5, verse 37. Jesus. The Father who sent me has testified about me, about me himself. You have heard his voice and seen him face to face. You have not heard, never heard his voice. I'm sorry. You've never heard his voice and you've seen him face to face. 
and you do not have his message in your hearts because you don't believe me, the one he, the one he sent to you. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. You refuse to come to me and receive this life. What is Jesus? Jesus is the word, it says in John chapter 1, right? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So God didn't just want to give you a bunch of ink on a paper or words on a screen to experience life. Those things are unchanging. They're absolute. The Spirit of God will never contradict those things. However, the Holy Spirit is there to activate that word in our life. Reading the word without a connection with this Holy Spirit will give you good information. Great information. Great truth. But if you have that connection with the Holy Spirit, you get revelation. And revelation brings transformation. Information. Information. You can throw information. You can get on Facebook and debate someone till the cows come home. Information will not bring transformation. It just doesn't happen. It takes revelation. How has your life changed? How has your life changed? Because you were disciplined? Because you studied enough on a certain topic? No. Your life was changed because you had an encounter with who Jesus is. This is what happened to Peter, right? Jesus like, Peter's like, uh, hey, Jesus. And Jesus is like, who do you say I am? Well, other people say this. Right? Whoa, wait a second, Peter. I asked you the question, Matthew 18. Who do you say that I am? Oh, you're Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, that's right. And upon this revelation, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It'll be established forever. Based on what? Because of, of the testimony of a few other guys that Peter knew about? Hey, everybody else says it. Well, what do you say? Oh, you're Jesus? He's like, that's right. It's on. Kingdom on. Through that, what? Revelation. It's through revelation. You don't get revelation. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 1, right? Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. So you don't read the Bible for information. You read the Bible for revelation. Um, this is very controversial. I know some of you will have a problem with this statement, but I agree with it. Bill Johnson says this. He said, it's hard to have the same fruit as the early church because we value a book they didn't have above a Holy Spirit that they did have. So we want the power of the church, but all we got is a book. Hey, look what the book says. The Bible says I got this fact. But what about the Spirit? And listen, the Holy Spirit will never contradict the Word of God. Never. It would be out of nature for him. It's not possible. This, but the Spirit positions us to experience the Word. Let me say that again. The Spirit of God positions, positions us to experience the Word of God. You guys know how, like, you read text messages? Right? You get a text message, and you read tone into it, and someone's like, I didn't like your tone, and you're like, what tone? It was a text message. I didn't like the tone of your message. I didn't like the tone of your email. Well, it's because we didn't have a conversation. You don't have a revelation of me. You don't know me, so you're reading what you think of me into that. And that's the same way we are with the Word of God. Without the Holy Spirit, it's just a book that we can take away that doesn't even, it's not even, never supposed to go there. Now, and people have gotten weird and, and done weird things. We're not talking about that. God's word doesn't change. It stays the same. But its effect on your life has to do with your revelation of it. Oh, Josh has always been wearing blue socks. 
Yeah, but you didn't know until I told you or showed you. And you might not even believe you if I told you. Well, I wouldn't wet your shirt. Well, look, it's even got little space invaders on it. <laughs> didn't know that, did you? You wouldn't have took me serious if I would have told you. No, you don't got space invaders, no, but now you know. You saw it. You experienced. Okay. The Spirit of God will not merely enhance our experiences. Talking about experience, listen. So it positions us to experience the Word of God, but empowers us to demonstrate the Word of God. So you want to try to be holy outside of the Spirit of God, just follow the Bible? Good luck with that. Right? Because you've been trying to do it your whole life. It just don't work. You just end up frustrated, sinning again. Because <laughs> you're, you're like, oh, I'm trying not to sin, I'm so mad. Oh, just sin again. Right? It's a little cycle. You've got to rely on the Spirit of God. And it empowers us to demonstrate the Word of God. When we talk about advancing the kingdom, healing the broken, setting people free, bringing people to encounter to Jesus, what are we talking about? We're talking about the Holy Spirit bringing to light God's eternal truth. The Spirit of God will not merely enhance our experiences, but mac- maximize our effectiveness. So we're like, well, why aren't we effective? Because we're not walking in the Spirit. I mean, that's the only thing that I could look at the Bible and say, why am I not being like the disciples? Why, why doesn't my life look like that? Why, why isn't my, my shadow, like Peter's shadow, land on people and heal them? Why didn't that happen? Because Peter was walking in a measure of the spirit that I'm not walking in. Right? Okay, number two. Y'all all right? So the Holy Spirit activates the word. You need the word of God. you got to have that map. That map don't lie. It's always there. The Holy Spirit will point to that map. He'll highlight that map. He'll cause you to experience that map. Go, he'll, he'll, he'll cause you to go where that map is telling you where to go. You, we, don't, we don't separate the Holy Spirit from the Word of God. Y'all okay? And people have gotten flaky and weird. And we, I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather let you loose a little bit to make a few little silly mistakes. And we're not talking about big ones, but make a few little silly mistakes running with the liberty of the Spirit of God and interpret some scriptures wrong than you just having a book and a bunch of philosophy and sitting around in your house and going, well, when I get it all figured out, I'll do something for God. Just go out there and start doing something. When you screw up, you got good people like myself and Jeremy in your life to come in and say, well, you might not want to do that. <laughs> oh, okay. Why? Because, well, let me show you what the map says. Because then the Holy Spirit's using him. Bing. Okay. Number two, subtle leadership. Check this out. Psalm 32, verse 8. The Lord says, I will guide you on the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Sweet. Do not be like a senseless horse or a mule who needs a bit and brittle to keep him under control. So he's saying, and we remember we talked about this in the uh, Good Shepherd series. We said that, that uh, sheep, you, can't, you don't drive sheep, you lead sheep. That's exactly what I was talking about. You don't, you don't grab a sheep and put a muzzle on and go, like, oh, they're going this way. No, no, no. You, you, lead, lead, you lead sheep with subtle leadership or they just stay there, right, because they're stubborn. I'm stubborn, you're stubborn, we're all stubborn, stubborn. So he says this, don't be like a senseless horse or a mule. He can't function on wisdom, he can't do anything. He's just kind of let around, whatever God tells me. Right? No, 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 the Spirit will lead you. All right. Hey, all right, y'all ready? I got two points under this one. How does he do that? How does he lead us subtly? Number one, by quietly guiding. Isaiah 30, verse 19. Your own ears will hear, actually this is verse 21. Your own ears will hear him. 
right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the left or the right. What's he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's like, you're, you're doing this? Okay, for, for example, uh, about two and a half months ago, I was mowing my yard. I love mowing my yard. You guys have heard me talk about stories about mowing my lawn. I like mowing my lawn. And this kid comes up to me, about 11 years old. He's like, hey, hey, mister. I'm like, oh, gosh. So now I'm out here mowing my lawn for God. No. <laughs> I don't know. I'm spitting time with Jesus. And this kid's like, hey, mister. And I'm like, okay. He says, he says uh, you want me to finish your lawn for you? I was like, and he says, I have a lawn business. I, was, I looked at him. I said, do you got a business license? <laughs> He's like, no, but I got a business card. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, and he, and he goes, I, I'll, I'll mow your lawn for $15. I was like, man, I was like, honestly, bro, I was like, I really enjoy mowing my lawn. It's, it's something I enjoy doing. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, and I'm really picky about it. And so he's like, okay. So he, like, takes off walking, walking down the street, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. Let that kid mow your lawn. Well, you know what? I mow my lawn. It was just a subtle leadership. With a voice in my ear going, hey. And so he's walking down the street. I'm like, hey! He turns around. I was like, come here. Comes running, all sloppy. <laughs> he really was. He was excited. He knew he had just got a job. I was like, all right, man, how much are you going to charge me? He's like, I'll do, I'll do the front and the back for 15 I was like, okay. So, and his name's Anthony. I was like, okay, Anthony. I was like, my name's Josh, but you can call me Mr. Josh because I'm your, I'm your boss. And so, uh, so I shook his hand, and, uh, and he mowed my lawn, and he did a really bad job. And, <laughs> and he keeps coming most weeks, most weeks. He didn't do it this week, but he comes most weeks. And... And I, I'll just be real honest with you. Sometimes I'd rather do my lawn myself. First of all, because I enjoy it. Also, I like the way I do it better. And uh, and I like to keep my money. And so, but every time I'm like, Holy Spirit told me to. This is what I need to do. There's nothing in the Bible that says, let this kid mow my lawn. The Holy Spirit had to tell me that, right? Reveal that to me. So he does that by quietly guiding. Uh, Romans eight sixteen. you're like, well, how do I know the Holy Spirit. Well, Romans eight sixteen says the Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit. You're gonna know when it's the Holy Spirit. It's gonna be like, uh. And then this is the quick filter you do: is that God or the devil? Okay, is it good or is it not good? Is it selfish? Which was like that ain't the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna mow my lawn. My lawn. That's not the Holy Ghost. That's that's not Jesus' attitude. Right? Not that you have to let every kid mow your lawn. Because sometimes it is nice. So anytime it's like, any anytime, just, I'm like, well, he's fired. So I'm driving up and down the street. I'm like, where's my lawn man? You know, because he didn't come this week. You can ask Leslie. I'm like, where's my lawn man? You know, and I'm nice to him. He's, he's a good kid. and But he's, you know, he's young. He, he, he does like what you'd expect an 11-year-old would do with a lawn. He's just not, not very good at it. And, you know, I've got a lot of experience in mowing my own lawn. And uh, so, but the Holy Spirit will just bear that witness with you. And you, you'll just know. It's not like some spooky, hey! like, we don't all get that, right? I don't get to have that. It's just a quiet, gentle leading of the Spirit that just speaks to your heart. And you're like, oh, that, that's the Holy Spirit. And you're like, well, I'm not there yet. Well, you will. You'll get there. And the second way he does that is by giving us reminders and cues. Now, I didn't say clues. 
because he's not spooky, but he gives us cues. Um, John 14, 26, Jesus says, the counselor, you know, this is what happened is the disciples were like, Jesus is like, I'm going to go away. And they're like, no, right? No, Lord, don't go away. Don't go to heaven. He's like, relax. It's good that I'm going away. And they're like, how can that be good? And he's like, because I'm going to put my spirit inside of you. And you're going to do the same things that I've been doing. In fact, you'll do more. Now, when Jesus said more, he didn't mean more powerful. He meant more in quantity. He didn't, wasn't talking about quality. He was talking about quantity. So, so I'm going to put my spirit in you, and then, like, the whole globe is going to get reached. And it was in Acts. And so he says, the, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And then he says this, and he will remind you of Everything I've said to you, remind you. Have you ever been in a conversation, and then all of a sudden you have a scripture? And you're like, oh, I didn't even know I knew that scripture. Well, you know, the word says, you're right, you don't even have chapter and verse. You're like Googling it. I know the word says this. You Google it, and I'll go, I have chapter and verse now, right? <laughs> Something the apostles didn't have. And the scriptures say, and so you lay it out, right? This is what Jesus does to us. See, that's not you. That's not because you're so smart. Now, you might have memorized that. You might have sowed that into your heart. I'm sure you did. But he's reminding you of that. Uh, the, the word in the Greek there is, is the word, the, the root word is remnant, the word remnant, which actually can be uh, read into as residue. So when I go drink my coffee every day and I finish my coffee like a good boy, uh, you look at the bottom of my cup and there is a black ring at the bottom of that cup. What is that? That is residue. That shows that Josh Brown has finished his coffee. It's proof that there was coffee in that cup. It's the residue. And so listen, Jesus will gently remind you because there's a residue in you from Jesus. The spirit of Jesus is inside of you. He put a residue in you to remind you of the things that you spoke. So whenever you're misbehaving or you're behaving well, the Lord will affirm you're your, your being a child of God or he will be like, my children don't act that way. Right? And what is that? He's just reminding you by his Holy Spirit the things that he says. It's that residue of Jesus in your life. Come on, are you good? So by reminders and cues, and so all these things, he's just like, ding, right? Hey, just want to remind you. Like you guys set up reminders on your phone. I do that all the time because I don't like to forget things. It's just like that. Sometimes we're doing something, we forget what Jesus said, and then he reminds us. Isn't it beautiful how he does that? So, subtle leadership. Number three, peace through understanding. Peace through understanding. Now, I know what you're thinking. No one can understand God. That's contrary to the scriptures. And uh, we'll talk about that here in just a second. I, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2 says, The Spirit of God will rest on him. Now, it's talking about Jesus, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now, this is talking about Jesus. But how many know the Spirit that is talking about right there is the same Spirit that you possess, the same Spirit that possesses you? That Spirit, the Spirit of understanding, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. When you gave, gave your life to Jesus, that same spirit that Jesus functioned with and lived on the earth with, that same spirit that he did signs, miracles, and wonders and loved on people, that same spirit, it's in you. It's inside of you. So you have this spirit of understanding also. Oh, God's so mysterious. He's really not. I mean, he is because he's so, like, deep. But he's not, like, hiding. Now, let me just say this. When we talk about understanding, we're not necessarily talking about the why and the how. Are you all with me? Uh, how we got here. How many know that, you know, things happen in our life where we're like, why did that happen? 
First of all, let me just encourage you to, to just quit doing that. I've been serving Jesus for a little over 20 years, and I can tell you one of the things that keeps me sane is I don't ask the question, why did this happen? I don't ask God, God, why did this happen? Why did you allow it? Don't get into that. Because the thing is, is even if you had the answer, it wouldn't make the pain go away. Right? If I come over here and I, if somebody stabs you in the arm and you're bleeding, and you don't know how it happened, someone just snuck up on you, and you come up to me and you're like, I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? How many know that if I told you, well, somebody stabbed you, it doesn't make the pain go away? What you need to understand at that moment is healing. What you need to understand is some some ibuprofen or something for them to, what do you, morphine or something. You need to understand that. You need to understand that something can make, something that can make you feel better, not how I got here. Now, it's nice sometimes to know how you got here because that can bring wisdom in the future. We love that. We're going to talk about that next week. But the thing is, is, is knowing the how and the why doesn't always help the now. If I understand that God heals, that actually helps. If I'm broken, I'm like, man, that person hurt me, or I'm dealing with all this, like, discouragement, it doesn't help me to know why they did it. In fact, sometimes knowing why they did it just makes the, the wound deeper. But if I can understand God in this situation and understand the nature of Jesus, then what can happen is I can begin to be healed. Then, through that, understanding that God can heal me brings peace in my life. Because I'm like, oh, man, that stinks that that happened. But I serve a God that heals. The nature of God is what gets us through, not the understand, not the nature of our situation. Um, 1 Corinthians uh, speaks of having the mind of Christ, understanding, wisdom, the, the depths of God. He actually says that we will, we will understand the depths of God's wisdom. How's that for you? No one can understand his ways. Read, uh, read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just talks about that, that we can understand the depths of God. You can understand because you have the Spirit of God in you, you can understand the deep, the deep thoughts of God. You can understand those things. That's mind-blowing, mind right? Now, don't go start a cult. Um, but listen, 1 Corinthians, because it's never going to go against the counsel of Scripture, right? Isn't it awesome that we do have the Scripture to balance this out when we tend to get flaky? Shaba, come on. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, who among men knows the thoughts of a man except for the man's spirit within him? In the same way, right? You only know your, your thoughts because the spirit inside of you. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody knows, nobody knows what's going on inside of you. Right, that voice that you're talking to every day that's like, man, you should be like this. You should be like that. I mean, you know that that's this, your spirit, the spirit of man inside of you. But it says this the same way. So nobody knows that. Nobody knows you, the inner, inner you, except for your spirit. It says this in the same way. No one who knows the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God. So the spirit of God is what knows the thoughts of God. So we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. So whenever you have the hurt, the, 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 the wound, what do you understand? I understand what God has freely given me at the cross. I understand that Jesus paid a high price for my healing. That brings peace to my life. I understand that I have a good, good father who takes good care of his kids. And it, and it, and it stinks right now, and it's difficult, but I serve a righteous God. I serve a God who is slow. I screwed up today, but I serve a God who is slow in anger. And even though every, all the pieces, even though it doesn't look good, I have peace in the midst of it. Why? Because I have an understanding of who God is. And listen, let me say this. Through difficulty, we are growing in our understanding of God, who provides peace in the midst of it, a purpose in spite of it, and a path through it. 
Let me say that again. Through difficulty, we are growing in our understanding of God, who provides a peace in the midst of it, our difficulty, a purpose in spite of it, and a path through it. How many know that God didn't call you to a difficulty? He called you through a difficulty. And you're going to have to get through it to get to the other side, but God's calling you through it. He didn't bring you here to die. The Holy Spirit doesn't always lead us to what is easy or what is comfortable. He makes it possible, and he comforts us in the midst of discomfort. You are going to face persecution. People are going to hate you. People are going to call you a bigot. People are going to have all these things about you because you claim Jesus. So he doesn't always call you to what is easy. He makes the difficult and the impossible possible. That's what he does. Jesus says this. I'll pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, and he will abide with you forever. What does that mean? That means he ain't going anywhere. The Holy Spirit isn't going anywhere. We, we, th- this word right here, the helper, is, is, is the word in the Greek, parakletos. That means there's someone that would come alongside of you when you're going through a difficult time, when you need peace in your life. When you're frustrated, when you're irritated, when you're sinful, and come alongside of you and help you, to help you through your difficulty. Friends, I'm telling you today, when you get this, you will be able to have peace no matter what's thrown at you because you have the abiding spirit, the comforter, the advocate. We don't always follow peace, but peace will always follow us. We don't always follow peace, but peace will always follow us because we have the spirit of God inside of us. Jesus Again, John 14. I know I'm sharing a lot of scripture with you guys today. I mean, we did a whole series on the, the Holy Spirit last fall, and you can get on the podcast and listen to that. But So it's really hard to get all this theology into one message. John 14, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. We can't look for our peace in the world. We don't look for our peace by, the, by, by what the world is offering. There's no peace there. No peace. The world can offer you no peace. Only Jesus can offer peace. That's why we call him the Prince of Peace. All right. Number four, developing endurance. You guys seen these survival shows, right? So, you know, when we're in the journey, sometimes it's like, dude, can we just go home? Right? Can I just quit the journey? Can I just go somewhere else? Can I just go home? Because the journey's hard. It's difficult. It's rough. So I just, I, I just want to tap out. If I tap out, a helicopter will come in and bail me out. Right? You guys have seen the shows where they do that. Oh, I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm, I'm getting out of the show. Listen, Jesus never tapped out. Why did Jesus not tap out? Because he is the son of God? No, because he was possessed by the spirit of God. Look, look at this. This is what he says. Jesus, right, right, do you guys remember when Jesus was praying, like about to go to the cross? He's like, Lord, no. Right? I mean, really, Jesus was like, I don't want to do this. This is what he says. He says, keep watch and pray. That's the key right there. Keep watch and pray so you will not give in temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. What spirit is the spirit of Jesus? The Holy Spirit. He said, the spirit is willing. The Holy Spirit is willing, but my flesh, oh, it's weak. So the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus. It empowered Jesus whenever he was fasting in the wilderness. It empowered Jesus whenever he was praying on Golgotha. It was, the, it was the, the Spirit of God possessed him enough to where he was willing to lay down his humanity at that moment and function in the supernatural. And listen, can I tell you today, there are battles that you will face that you cannot defeat in the natural. That it will take Holy Spirit supernatural power to get you through it. 
but you will never have to endure anything like Jesus endured. Thank God. So the lust of the flesh, we have this thing called the lust of the flesh, right? It's like it's the tap out. Sometimes it's entering into morality or taking the low road when we should have taken the high road. And so when we enter into the lust of the flesh, it's a sellout. Right? Remember Jesus? Right? You guys remember Jesus when he's being tempted? The devil comes up and, he's, and Jesus is like fasting. He's trying to lay down his flesh, his carnality. Right? And so what happens? The devil's like, hey, here, here's, here's some bread. You want some tacos? All right, here's some bread. Sell out. Sell out. Eat some bread. Lust of the flesh. Listen, we have lust of the flesh. It's just an invitation for us to sell out. You're on this journey with God. The devil's going to come. He's going to provide opportunity after opportunity for you to bail on the plan of God. I know a lot of people that have bailed on the plan of God because they gave in to the lust of the flesh. Like, oh, man, I just don't want that anymore. It's too hard. It's too difficult. Well, the Holy Spirit actually helps us with our weakness. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says that the Holy Spirit helps us with our weakness. So when, you're, when your flesh is weak, what you do is you just rely on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. When, it, when it's hard, when you're, when you're discouraged, when, when temptation is all around, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what my heart wants. I don't want to give in to my flesh, God. I need your spirit to invade me, to overtake me, to possess me. Galatians 5.16, I will say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's that daily grind of, dealing, of developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And he will help us in our weakness. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Zechariah 4.6, last scripture. Love this. It's not by mind, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. What God has called you to, this journey that God has called you to, it's not going to be by your might. It's not going to be by your intellect. It's not going to be because you've, you've worked out and you've trained for it and you've gone to school. None of that. It's going to be by spirit because it's a supernatural journey. And it requires a supernatural spirit to possess you and drive you to do the things that you could never do. You can go out and you can read a handbook and go and get a good education and make a good living and live a life and have a nice little house and send your kids to college and have the great education. You could have all that. You can have all that. But, but, but can I tell you today that I think God has something supernatural for you, something that's kingdom-minded, something that oozes Holy Spirit power and love, something that's different than anybody's ever done before. And it might look similar to what somebody else has done, but it's actually got power on it. Transformation. Power.